Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Our Athletes. My name is Michael Brazil. I'm the host of the show where I get to interview Olympic athletes and hopefuls on their story and path to the games. Today we have Corey Dropkin of USA Curling. Corey almost was in the Olympics. Um, pretty incredible story, gut wrenching to say the least um, for him, but we know that there's a lot to come. Uh, Corey lost to the eventual gold medal winners in the Olympic trials. Corey and his teammates lost to the eventual gold medal winners in the Olympic trials um, after having a lead in the final um, final round. So pretty incredible story. Corey's a really cool dude. He's got a lot going for him. Very excited to hear what he has in store in the future. But hope you guys really enjoy this episode. Um, and other than that, yeah, I mean, not much else to say. Today, another special, special guest, USA curling, Corey Dropkin. He is an Olympic hopeful born June 11th, 1995 up in Baston, Massachusetts. Started curling at the age of five and has been a regular at international events since he was 13 years old. Um, all right, you guys ready for this? Corey has a laundry list of accomplishments and it's fun to talk about. So um, Corey has been crushing it on the last few years. He has the 2012 Youth Olympic Games, 2012 and 2016 USA Curling Man's at Males Athlete of the Year, three-time junior national champion, two-time mixed double national champion, junior silver world medalist. I think you had to take a breath. I couldn't do it all. And runner-up <laughs> at the 2018 Olympic Trials. Corey, thank you so much for joining us today, man. Thanks for having me, Michael. It's good to be here. Absolutely. I appreciate it. So, Corey, I've, as I said, I mean, I could barely breathe by getting through all your accomplishments. If you don't mind, I guess, uh, giving me a couple seconds, but also just giving us a little story time. Take us from the beginning and uh, all the way up in Boston back in that fateful day in 1995. Yeah, definitely. Um, I was uh, born in 95, and uh, when I was you know, five years old, I was introduced to the sport of curling. Um, actually, earlier than that, my, my, it's kind of a family sport for me. My parents were highly involved in the youth curling program at our local curling club, uh, Broomstones Curling Club in Wayland, Mass. And I had a brother five years older, have a brother, and uh, he was already, you know, knees deep in the sport. And so he was loving it. And so I kind of just followed in his footsteps and, and fell in love with the sport as well. And that's where it kind of all started. And from there, it was just kind of you know, an onward startup and, and uh, kind of stuck with it, loved the sport, and, and here I am. And here you are. I love it, man. That That is fantastic. So one thing I do want to, um, obviously, you said your older brother, right? Correct. Yeah, my younger brother learned everything from me too, so I completely, yeah. completely respect yeah. that. It's nice to have him. He's a, he's, a good, <laughs> he's a good model to look up to. Yeah, so I'm sure he's a good dude. He's sure he's a good dude. Um, so one thing I actually would really love if you could do, so everybody watches curling. That's one thing that I found about the Winter Olympics. Everyone goes gung-ho for, I mean, it's kind of like cornhole with ice and rocks. That's like, I know that's a little, it's a little bit of a stretch, but that's the way I like to think of it because I love playing <laughs> cornhole. So if you actually don't mind kind of, I don't know, explaining curling a little bit to us. So we just have a nice understanding the next time we get to watch it. Yeah, definitely. Um, so curling is a pretty unique sport. It's, uh, you know, not, not everyone gets involved with, with curling. And uh, so what, how you play it, essentially it's thought of like a shuffleboard or even more so similar to bocce ball mm -hmm. uh, on ice with the strategy of chess. And so there's four people on a normal team. There's, there's, there's a couple of different disciplines now. There's men's and women's, which is four-person, and then there's mixed doubles, which is one male, one female that are, that are uh, in the Olympic Games now. And so essentially what you're trying to do is get your stones down the other side of the sheet in the house, which is the target-looking-like object, and you want to get your stones closest to the center um, 
above your opponent's rocks. And so there's a strategy like chess to make the shots a bit more difficult, be a little bit more aggressive of a player, and have some barrier rocks to make um, to make your opponent's life more difficult. And so um, essentially if you're playing a four-person game, uh, each person on your team throws two rocks alternating with the opponents. And so the lead, second, third, and skip uh, all throw in order. And so you have one person throwing, two people sweeping at a time, and then you've got your skip, who's kind of like your captain of the ship. Um, who's calling the strategy, directing the play, and you know, telling your sweepers to sweep. Usually, the one you know, scream at the top of his or her lungs. Um, and so, it's essentially how you play. Um, as I said, you want to get your stones closest to the center of the of the, of the target of the house. Um, but some people get confused as to why they're not always just trying to get theirs on the pin. And that's because of the strategy. You want to make your opponent's lives difficult and you want to score more points. You know, when you get to that elite level, everyone can make those simple shots, those simple takeouts to knocking, uh, other rocks out of the rings. Um, so that's essentially how you play. And, uh, you know, it's a lot of fun. I enjoy it. And you know, most people who I take out do too. Yeah, man. Again, like that's, it's, it's hilarious. I think the whole country just falls in love with that sport once every four years. <laughs> I think it is so awesome. Um, and I, I'm sure you've even probably noticed after each, or actually you tell me after each of the Olympic games, have you seen, I mean, I'm sure there's like a real huge surge immediately after the games, but is there a nice residual effect for like maybe a significant longer period where you notice obviously more people signing up and then actually more people sticking around playing? Yeah, you know, every Olympic Games, obviously, as you said, there's a surge, and we always get an inflow of, of folks trying to learn how to curl, um, and and it's really good for the sport. Uh, I'd say especially after this year's Olympics and, and the U.S. team, you know, John Schuster bringing home the gold medal, I think that created uh, a lot more residual interest in, in the sport, and I think it's um, I think it's showing a lot more of an improvement in, in you know, those who are interested in wanting to get involved and stay involved. And, uh, and we're also hoping that it might build more interest for, you know, networks to start covering it a bit more often um, versus once in every four years. Um, and so I think we started to see that, you know, they, they had our national championship on and, uh, and we're just hoping, or sorry, I should say the world championships. And, uh, you know, hopefully they continue to cover, you know, they're going to be doing some coverage. NBC is going to be doing some coverage in this upcoming um, World Cup of Curling event that, that we have coming up in Sichuan, China. Um, but, you know, I think I think it's really good for the sport. Uh, it's probably the best thing that could have ever happened. And it was pretty exciting to watch it all go down. Yeah, man, that is, uh, it was incredible. I remember watching it. Um, the time difference made it a little difficult. I was tired <laughs> continuously, yeah. but it was totally worth it. I remember that event. That was, it was so cool. Just the emotion seeing, cause I mean, it, there, there's the whole story behind it. We don't need to get into it. We're talking about you today, but it was, it was an amazing <laughs> event. But if you don't mind um, telling us, when is that event in China? Uh, the event starts on Tuesday, I believe, practice and then games on Wednesday. Um, I take off today actually i have a flight in three hours oh perfect after this so oh, yeah, man. exciting i'm looking forward to going to china that is awesome dude i love it that's phenomenal good stuff um so you said your brother was into curling and that's kind of what you got into it when you were five years old did you i mean throwing rocks at rocks is pretty fun right so i can see how a five-year-old can really kind of get into that yeah, yeah, um, and they have um, like little rocker stones. So oh, like sure, normal, sure. normal stones that we play with. They're first of all, they're made out of granite, 
Um, and they're 42 pounds, but they also have little rocker stones that, um, you know, are about 20 pounds or so. So they're a little bit easier for younger kids to, to grow up, uh, you know, shoving down the ice and, and getting, you know, a taste of the sport with. Um, but I remember one of, one of my early days, my mom would set me on a stone and kind of just glide me down the ice. And it's, it's one of my good memories. That, that is adorable, uh, man. That's yeah. a beautiful picture. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, so Corey, since about 2012, as we talked about, was when your when your list of accomplishments, and I'm sure there's other accomplishments, <clears> along <throat> the way, but the ones that the internet would tell me about. Um, so what what do you attribute? I mean, since you were 13 in 2012, something like that, 12, 13, whatever. No, I guess you were you were older than that, but something um, like that. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Whatever. Um, what do you attribute your? I guess meet like stardom like starting to reach you know where where you're going to be going like what was was there a specific event that you went to that you were like wait a second i can do this was it just the continuous improvement the constant practicing coaching what what do you think was really one of the biggest reasons that you've been able to such just i mean just take off since 2012 i mean u.s male yeah. curling at that young of an age is unbelievable I think there was a, a bunch of different factors that helped me. Um, I always just focused on, you know, continual improvement. And, um, you know, whenever my brother was playing and practicing with his team, I was always practicing right on the sheet beside him. And so, you know, my brother and my dad, as well as my mom, were always my, my coaches growing up. Um, and so they kind of brought me to the curler who I was and who I was becoming. And, um, you know, I think what really came into play was the, the experience that the 2012 games brought us and the kind of taste that we got for that, uh, for, for the Olympic level and for playing against, um, you know, all the top athletes in our age from all these different countries and getting that feel as well as that cultural uh, taste. Um, and it was just kind of something that I had never experienced before and um, something that I wanted more of. And, uh, you know, they had their own little Olympic village set up and, and everything that you could imagine about an Olympic Games uh, just for, you know, youth Olympians. So, you know, 12 to 16. So it was extremely inspiring. And, um, you know, our mixed USA team did really well. Um, and then I ended up playing mixed doubles with this Russian gal and we won a bronze medal. And so even being on the podium gave me um, that much more motivation to want back and, and want it on the bigger level. That is awesome, dude. That is absolutely incredible. Yeah, I mean, the Youth Olympics is is not nearly as known as I think, you know, it should be considering it's, yeah, it's the same thing. You guys got a whole Olympic village. I think that is super cool. Um, they were able to do that for you. So that that is um, that is good stuff, man. So one thing that actually almost leads right into the next conversation is the community of curling, and I don't like to assume, but I'm assuming isn't gigantic. I mean, we're pretty much locked to cold states right at this point like it's really not um down in florida i'm sure the community of curling is not gigantic so it isn't gigantic but to be there. honest i now yeah it is there really actually. yeah and very cool um there is curling's in about i think the number is now 47 that 46 is states. awesome no way um, you know Good not stuff. not fully dedicated ice uh -huh. but they have arenas that they that they uh um um, that they're able to curl on uh, you know, a couple of days a week or so. That is awesome. Look at that. That's a new fun fact. I love, maybe yeah. I'll make my way down to Jacksonville and start curling. <laughs> I have some uh, family from there. That's funny. So, but um, with, with you being, I guess, at, at a significantly higher level, obviously, 
what was it like, I'm assuming, or, or you tell me, knowing, did you know anybody of the Olympic caliber at such a young age? And were you able to kind of meet and greet and hang out with some of these people and have relationships with them? Yeah, um, I, I think growing up um, and, and having, you know, at, at that point, we had the, the 06 U.S. Olympic team to look up to. Um, with Pete Fenson and Sean Rajeski, Joe Polo, John Schuster. Um, and so those are kind of like, to begin with, our, our idols that we looked up to. Um, and, um, you know, soon after that, I actually started playing with Pete Fenson's son, Alex, who, I, who I'm playing with now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we were able to build relationships with some of them um, through as time as these years went on. Um, we actually get to meet all of them and have a relationship with all of them. But, you know, at that time, um, I didn't know any of them too, too well. Um, but, but I was still able to kind of have, have connections there. And, you know, I remember one of my U18 tournaments, I, I think it was, uh, like Ben Hebert, uh, who came in with his Olympic gold medal from that, from that same games. And, and so that was uh, an extremely cool experience to get to meet him and, and uh, shake his hand, wear that medal for a quick couple of seconds. Um, but it kind of gives you even, even a bit more motivation when you put a medal like that around your neck. Um, but, you know, it is a tight kind of niche, this community, and uh, it's a very friendly one too. You know, everyone's friends with everyone essentially, and you continue to see everyone as you go on the World Curling Tour and go to all the national and world events. Um, so it's, it's really cool the kind of community and relationships that you build and it kind of makes you want to grasp on even tighter. And, um, and so, yeah, you do get to meet a ton of the Olympians and a ton of those guys that have had that, uh, that experience and, and kind of get a feel and even, you know, get to learn from them hands on, um, you know, and then, and eventually play against them and, and, you know, start to beat them. Mm-hmm. Really? Um, so it, it's, uh, it's a uh, it's pretty cool that the community that we have um and uh and it's something that i like sticking with what was that experience like beating a former olympian oh i mean it's it's always pretty cool i mean i've traded off wins and losses with john schuster but uh yeah. you know i'd say i'd say i have a few more losses against olympians than i, I have was, wins. I was this, is, say. This, is early, this is early this is early in the career so there's still uh, a lot of left that That is too funny yeah man that is that is awesome yeah i guess that's true you're getting to play against them because you you know them you've seen them i mean at some point i mean what was that first win like though what was that like did you get a little cocky on that one did you kind of did you kind of play it off like oh it was it was a fluke How, how did that how did that work out uh i wouldn't say i was feeling cocky or anything i was more so just feeling uh uh confident and and um I don't know. It was a really good feeling. I, I, I don't know when the first time was. Um, I think the, the most memorable time I'd say against, against John, um, I think it was the first time actually was, uh, was the men's nationals in, I believe it was Jacksonville actually. Yeah, and I was that. with, I was with my former junior team who I'm playing men's with now um, with Tom Mark and Al and we were playing John's team in uh in one of the round robin games in the on the web stream live and uh, we just we played an outstanding game against them we, we got some breaks here and there but um i think we ended the game in like 
seven or eight ends and it just felt really good to be able to control a game against a team like them and and get that win under our belt and it helped us improve uh improve the playoffs and 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 move on to the next round that is awesome man very cool yeah i don't think i'll ever be an olympian in anything <laughs> so i think uh you definitely got me on that one that is that is good stuff so another thing i mean again going back to the list of accomplishments winning male athlete of the year twice three-time junior national championship two-time mixed doubles national champion i mean where how like how long do you have to wait now like for your time like at 2018 obviously we can talk about the olympic trials like at what point are you then are you going to be at the top because clearly you're you're trending in that direction if i may like what is what do the 2020 games look like? Is that, are, are you locked for it? Are you hoping, obviously, you're locked for it? Like, what is, what is the prospects of that? Uh, 2022 is, 2022, for, yeah, 2022 is up for grabs for whoever can, can go out there and, 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 and win it. Um, so, you know, prospects are good. You know, I, you know, our team, this is our first year back together. So we're, uh, we're, we're pretty committed, especially for the long run. And, uh, and really, we're going to get out whatever we put into it. So, you know, staying committed, working hard uh, and keeping our eyes on the prize and working on staying focused on the process versus um, the results. And so I think, you know, I think 2022 is very within reach and, uh, and we're, we're, we got our eyes set in the right place. And so we're just kind of working on the process and making sure things are continuing to line up in place and um, making sure we're ready for when, for when the, in three years that trials comes around. So um, we're going to be putting up a good fight and, and I, I have, I have a pretty good feeling about it. Good stuff. I love that brother. So what, um, actually, if you don't mind, let, let's now take a step back in time for a second. Tell us how does qualifying for the Olympic games work for curling? Yeah. Qualifying. There's a, there's a Olympic team trials, um, okay. every four years for the Olympic games. Uh, and so there is a qualifying procedure to get into the trials and then once you're in the trials whoever wins them essentially goes and so um for men's last year there was a four sorry the five team double round robin and then the top two teams at the end of the round robin did a three game a best of three series and the winner of that went to the olympics um and then the mixed doubles last year it was um, I believe an eight team round Robin. And then uh, I forget, I think it was the top three move on two V three. And then the winner plays one. Um, I could be a little bit mistaken on that. Uh, that's okay. Sure. That one's new. Yeah. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to hold that one against you, but. but yeah. So that's the, that was kind of the procedure for this, for this, uh, for this past Olympic games. And my guess it's going to be pretty similar for, for the one coming up as well. Does that, um, does that frustrate you that it's like a, it's a, like you can just have a bad day, right? Like that's, does that, it's, I mean, obviously everyone's playing the same, you know, everyone gets that single shot, but does that in other sports, I've been finding that it's a spanned out over a year where they take points and podiums and all this stuff. Do you prefer, I mean, not that you really know, but are you, do you like that? It's just like a one shot and whoever comes out on top that day gets to go. I say so. Yeah. I mean, I think the amount of, yes, who, I mean, any, any team can win in any given day. Um, I, I think there's a lot to say about, you know, the team that shows up under pressure. Um, and then that's, and that's able to make those, those big pressure shots. Um, 
So I think, I think when it comes down to it, um, obviously a team can show throughout a year that they, that they're able to play, but when a team is under that amount of, uh, um, you know, that amount of pressure under a situation where, you know, the Olympic games is on the line, I think, uh, I think it's similar to, you know, I don't know what it's similar to like in the, in the Olympic games. And I think that's going to be, a, that's a ton more stressful, a lot more pressure because you've got the whole country on your back and, you know, all the lights on you and everything. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I can only imagine and I will, I will imagine. Um, but, uh, um, I, I can only assume that it's, 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 you know, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, there's a lot to say about, you know, that amount of stress and pressure and being able to perform under the lights. And, and so I think, uh, when you have a situation like that, I, I, I agree with the, uh, mm-hmm. um, the perimeters of it and, and, you know, when it goes, I think it's a, it's, it's good for the sport. It's good for, it's good for TV as well. Mm, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Like it's pretty much sudden death right from the get go. So I think that's right. a really interesting way to look at it. Yeah. I mean, I didn't. Uh, I wasn't even looking at it like that. Were you saying it's just, hey, it's one day filled with pressure. I mean, the Olympics are how many days filled with pressure. So I think that's a really, really great way to look at it. So in 2018 is obviously this past year. You guys, you came up runner up for the, the 2018 Olympic trials, correct? Yeah, correct. So you guys lost to John Schuster and, and his team? Yeah, we lost, uh, we lost to them in the, the final match. Um, oh, so you did take it three at least. Yeah, yeah, we took it three. So we, at the end of the double round robin, we finished tied for second with Todd Burr. So we had a, we had a tiebreaker game with them, and we, when we won that game, and then the same day we had the first of three games, which we actually ended up winning. Oh. Um, so we were up one with just one game needed to win, and uh, and so it was quite the situation, but as you could assume pretty disappointing and frustrating when we, um, when we lost the next two and especially the third one, um, by a couple inches. Um, and it's, it is really sportive inches. Um, you know, a couple, a couple more inches on John's last one rolls out a bit more and we take it an extra end. And so, um, it's, you know, it's as, as frustrating as it can be and as many nightmares as it may arise, it's, it's, it was a great experience and it's only going to help us improve and, and, uh, and play better next time. I was going to say, I'm, I'm assuming you're going to use this as some uh, unlimited jet fuel moving forward. Cause oh, yeah. I, I mean, obviously I will never know what that feeling is like. And that's why I'm lucky enough to talk to athletes like yourself on the, the elite level. But at the same time, I can only, I can only assume what that feels like, man. So that is incredible. And, um, you know, it seems like you're it, obviously you're, you're a humble dude. You understand, and I mean, with with you guys all being so young too, did that maybe make it a little bit better knowing that you still have a few more shots at this, or was it still just? I mean, obviously it was gut wrenching, but yeah, I think it's gut wrenching for the most part. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> and there's, I mean, the most common thing that people say to me is you're still young and you have plenty of years, and that's as as true as it is. It's still frustrating because you're given the opportunity just there and then I don't want to be the future. I want to be the present. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like we can be the present. So I think it's just kind of focusing on, uh, on taking it a step further and and doing what we can now. Um, so I mean, taking that experience and moving on using it as fuel. Yeah. And so are you also doing mixed doubles or are you just strictly you are, and how did you fare? How did you fare in that tournament for mixed doubles? 
for, for the trials, we, uh, we were, we ended up in the bottom half actually, we didn't have our greatest week. Um, and so that was something, uh, to, to learn about and, uh, and kind of move forward with, uh, I'm actually playing with Sarah Anderson. Now I was with Jamie Sinclair for trials and, um, she had a tournament that she, uh, wanted to play with her women's team during the mixed doubles national championships that year. Um, and so I started playing with my former teammate, Sarah Anderson again. And so we've kind of been going strong since, and, um, that's who I was in New Zealand with uh, a couple of weeks ago. And then who I'm playing with at the world cup this, this upcoming week. Very cool, man. Well, we're crossing our fingers for you. We promise yeah. you that. Um, so one last, actually two last questions. We'll make it nice and quick though. So with doing all this, you're 20, two years old, I think, 23 years old, 23, 23, 23, not too long ago. And you're still in college, correct? I am. It's a, it's a slow and steady process. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a summer student. Keep it that way, dude. I, I had roommates that went to college for five years. I only went for four. I was kind of jealous. My brother went for five. Um, that extra year probably seemed like a lot of fun, but how are you able to juggle all of, I mean, obviously the pressure, the practice, everything you're doing with, still trying to get good grades and understanding that you can kind of need to graduate college. Yeah, that was the biggest problem uh, and biggest struggle for me. I, for a few years, I, I tried balancing the two of them and I'm a perfectionist. And so I like to be great at everything that I do that I want to be good at. Um, and so I kind of had to take a step back and, and realize that I can't do everything great uh, all at the same mm-hmm. time. I can't balance it all. And so um, I started taking fewer classes, and then once my curling schedule got heavier from juniors into men's, I decided altogether that I needed to just focus on curling fall through spring, and then come summer, I'll, I'll pick away at my classes and, and my degree. Um, so that's that's kind of how I'm going about it. You know, fall through spring is my curling season, work here and there to try to get some money, and then, and then summer is my, my main period to, to work as well as go to school. Um, and so that's kind of my schedule now. And it, uh, I tell you, it, it, it keeps me extremely busy. Um, cause I'm, you know, I'm always gone curling during the year and then during, during the summer between school and between, um, you know, between business, it's, it's, it's a full schedule. I can absolutely believe that man. So one thing you said actually leads right into our next conversation a little bit, or the next question at least, which is, is a little bit of a frustrating one, but the, the monetary aspects of your sport, um, specifically what you've been able to go through obviously we're not going to ask you the dollars you've made but something tells me if you need to work in the summer to be able to then play your sport or train for your sport during the year um especially being one of the top teams in the united states that seems very frustrating to me that you actually have to do that um i guess if you don't mind just talking to you know what you've seen in the sport or just as an olymp or as an olympic hopeful um so far kind of on the monetary side and giving the audience a good understanding of what goes on there yeah definitely um for sure we've um we've seen a little bit of a, of a, of a rise in the money in the sport recently um especially from the last olympics but in general you know a professional athlete in curling is not even comparable to a professional athlete in, you know, baseball or football Absolutely, or yeah. basketball or any other sport really in the U S. And so, you know, you do see all the curlers needing to work and having full-time or part-time jobs to, to make their living. And, and, and for me, you know, I don't have a lot of expenses, you know, 
rent and car insurance and you know food and 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 whatnot um as well as expenses to play curling um at this point you know growing up i you know used to be basically paying paying your way um until you kind of proved your level and 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 whatnot and once the high performance program once i kind of got in the mix of that um and started receiving some funding um, I've been able to get support to be able to to curl nearly free of, of the financial problems. Um, but when I'm gone curling, that means I'm taking time away from mm-hmm. what I can make working. Um, and so, you know, it is it is basically a little bit of a struggle to to make the money needed to to um, use for your living expenses. And and I do a, a decent job. Um, you know, coming out on top of that, but it's, it's, it's not easy for sure. And you definitely find, find all the curlers needing to, needing to work, um, for the most part. And, uh, and so it's, it, yeah, it's, it's definitely a little bit of struggle and it's, it's hard to find, uh, you know, sponsors for your sport too. Um, just because it's, it's not the most televised sport, you know, there's not a ton of money in it. And so, um, you know, you, you do, you see, you see a lot of curlers having full-time jobs that, uh, that they're trying to balance with their, with their, uh, um, athletic pursuits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's just, that's a frustrating thing to me. I mean, considering the country that we live in and, and the opportunities here, um, you guys just giving it all constantly. It's just, I don't know. It's just very frustrating to me, but yeah, what it is. I appreciate it. Yeah. Oh dude, I can only imagine, um, for your, for your side of the story. So thank you very much for sharing that with us again. Of course. That's, that's about it for us, Corey. Thank you so much again, Corey Dropkin of USA curling, um, runner up at the 26, 2018 trials. Sorry again, man, but that's an incredible, think of that for a second, like number two in the nation at something, dude, that is absolutely incredible. I know it's probably not fun to think about, but at the same time, that is, Dude, that is absolutely incredible. So thank you so much for joining us today, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Michael. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode with Corey Dropkin. It was a lot of fun. As I told you, slightly gut-wrenching there, but um, Corey is a young dude. He's got a lot in store from a lot to look forward to. And, um, you know, the old adage, you have to lose, you have to learn how to lose before you can win. Um, so hopefully that'll be something that he can, he can, he will take and move forward with, and it should be a lot of fun. So if you guys don't mind, rate, subscribe, share, review, uh, share this episode. If you think you know anyone that's interested in curling, highly suggested. It. it was a lot of fun uh, getting to learn about the sport as well. But also just really in general, because I really do think our athletes deserve a little bit more recognition. And this is just one way of trying to get it out there. So please follow us at our athletes on Instagram. If you have any questions, please email me, Michael at our athletes on dot us um, on the uh, the interwebs. And uh, we should have some good stuff for you. So thank you guys so much. And I hope you have a wonderful day.